Welcome back to DC's Cinematic Minute, the daily podcast in which we analyze Zack Snyder's Justice League by each individual minute. My name is Mark, and you can find me on all social media at Mark Meadows. And my name is Nathan. You can find me on all social media at NoClutchNate. And today we're going to be talking about minute number 48 of Zack Snyder's Justice League, which is going to start with Silas Stone talking to our good old cyborg here, finally. Uh, but then the minute's going to end with uh, us going back to Wonder Woman minute again. Um, kind of, uh, it, it, it kind of surprised me, Nate, because, you know, we've, we've been talking this week and last week about, like, going, to, you know, talking about Cyborg, getting into Victor Stone, getting into Ray Fisher's character. And so when we left off yesterday, it was like, okay, yeah, we get to talk some Cyborg. Uh, we only get to talk about talk about Cyborg for about 30 seconds, and then we're back to all of the goodness of, of the Amazon, the, the ancient lamentation music, everything that we've been talking about for what seems like this entire minute-by-minute minute journey. Which we should have just named the entire thing Wonder Woman. Wonder Woman talk, but it's a Wonder Woman podcast, because we're this eventually <laughs> going to just, like, it's just going to be all Wonder Woman. I'm surprised it's not like that joke where um, Captain America... Three Civil War is like actually an Avengers movie where it's like, yeah, this isn't really a, a, a Justice League movie. This is more like Wonder Woman three colon the Justice. Is that League. a joke though? Because that's the truth though. It <laughs> is an Avengers movie. I know that, but well, yeah, technically. Um, but this would be like no one's made that joke yet. Like this is a Wonder Woman movie. It just happens to have the Justice League in it. I mean, she does get the killing blow at the end of the movie. Spoilers. Um, but yeah, it's it's just... And it's not a bad thing either. I'm not saying it's... it's. I'm, I'm just saying that I was looking forward to talking about Cyborg. We're going to have to wait a little bit more to get more into the character. Um, but I wasn't expecting to jump back into the Diana uh, perspective so quickly. I thought we were going to get a little bit more. Um, and the other thing I wanted to compare this minute to... Is was, Half Christmas. Is that what you were going to compare it to? Because I was going to do the half Christmas because you could just get the little cyborg and we want uh, the the whole. Are you talking about half Christmas as in Christmas in July? Yeah. the Yeah. Yeah. You get a, yeah. You get a present, but like you get half of the present because you got to wait for the rest, you know, six months later. Did your I family that, do that? I don't think so. I don't No. I, no. Never got a puppy, I, half the puppy, you get the other half six months later. I don't Bad think that's joke. how you do That's not how you do that either. We went too blue, we went too blue, Nate. <laughs> um, but yes, uh, so let's talk about what little cyborg we can. Um, I was expecting, especially like when you think about the other version, the 2017 version, you get all of that cyborg, Silas Stone stuff in that apartment in the very beginning. Like when you first see cyborg, the movie doesn't, believe that it has enough time to touch base on it come back to it later like this version does um and it it does the same thing with aquaman and his perspective where it's like okay if we're going to go to atlantis we're doing all of it at once we're going to recut it all down to one big scene instead of you know he visits volko now then he comes back and visits mara and then we have uh steppenwolf uh, interrogating atlanteans um looking at this minute it's almost like oh, we only get the start of that there's a problem between Silas Stone and, and Victor. Um, but it's really well done here. Uh, one of the things I really liked about it was the 
reveal of Victor Stone here, when he looks to his right, it's his human side of his face. And then after they have like the closet scene of showing the mother box, he decides to turn to his left. And this shows... But it's the dialogue too. Exactly, yeah. It's so... perfect. It really is. This is one of, and I say it broken record, this is one of my favorite just moments, line reads, just everything encompassed in this one little scene right here of Cyborg is just so cool. And that's like the thing that I want to hone in on Cyborg for myself. I mm-hmm. want, you know, I, 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 I do the whole Batman thing. Yeah, I want him to be a scary vampire. I yada, 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 get the whole thing. Superman, I need to see his problems. Okay, awesome. Um, Cyborg, I want to see him fighting with the, am I a monster or not? Am I Frankenstein's monster? And just doing Mary Shelley stuff, you know? Yeah, yeah. And, I mean, you don't got to convince me. I'm a huge fan of Mary Shelley's Frankenstein and, and all that good stuff. I think, you know, it's a fantastic analogy for, for this character. And, and a character I love so much, especially being kind of like the digital god of um, of the Justice League. Like, something that I think is very important. Isn't um, that isn't that a song? Isn't that like a St. Vincent's digital age? Mm, close. Oh, okay. I see what you're saying. Yeah. But yeah, no, just the fact that we have like uh, a superhero now, and especially now that the DC has decided to uh, draft Cyborg into the actual Justice League instead of Teen Titans, I think it's so important that we do highlight this, uh, this new god, new, new god, if you will, uh, that is Cyborg. And yeah, new god, that's uh, yeah, the, the guy that did the rules, Bill Maher. <laughs> um, the you know, yeah, he says, uh, you know a thing about monsters this is what he says when like the human side of his face and then when he looks to his left afterwards as you know um how to make him especially that, how to make him especially how to make him yeah that's it's so good like dagger to your heart silas i mean yeah in his mind you didn't save his life what did you do to him yeah, you made him a didn't... monster exactly it, it honestly that's you know Mary Shelley's Frankenstein, um, The Bride of Frankenstein, the movie is the same thing. It goes through the same thing because it, it continues that part of the book where, you know, Dr. Frankenstein then tries to create a um, a mate for... A version for, two. Yeah, basically. And it's just like, they're not happy. They're not happy doing this. Like you're His doing data it. to the lore, if you will. Yeah. And this gets all into like that Michael Crichton stuff too of, you know... Um, doing things because you can and not and not asking if you should make those things oh, and chaos um, theory and everything yeah okay yeah exactly um but even this this small moment that we do get with cyborg um is still much more tighter it's cohesive than the other version i i didn't really enjoy um the other cyborg moment that we got in um the other version, just because it just it seemed a little too. What the know, whole I, couldn't do that this morning. The whole thing yeah. with the him flying and and everything and all these things constantly changing, evolving, yada yada yada. The it's, vibe was so weird. It's so it's just like um. This is where those horror aspects come into play. Yes, and we got our boy doing it. You know. Yeah. So it's it's just cool to because that's what you're supposed to. 
that's what the general audience was supposed to see Cyborg as, is just this guy who thought he was a monster and then figures out that he's a hero and it's just this big old triumphant thing. It's a great storyline. It's amazing. The dude fits right in with Doom Patrol. If you like that, you're going to love this, you know? Yeah, exactly. It's and, and, and when we got the one in 2017, it was just so... Well, duh. Mm-hmm. Like, it was just so damn you really just like crammed uh, origin dialogue like that's all it, like you just like took like six pages from from justice league volume one and was like okay break it knock it down to like four lines of dialogue between the two of them and yeah you know make it a dark apartment so everybody looks upset yeah again it's it's going back to that idea where they tried to rein in uh ben affleck's batman to be more like the justice league animated series version of batman that kind of batman that everyone is familiar with and it's like yes i understand you wanting to do that but when the dna has already been put out there especially with two movies now and this is like the third one in the saga to try to reformulate that batman then the story becomes um totally inconsistent and that's the same thing with this it's like yes i know you wanted the audience to now see this cyborg as the teen titan cyborg with like the booyah and everything but that's not how this this cyborg was created by design by design it was created to be that monster feature uh uh that to be that kind of yeah, feature, I think is the yeah, word mon- I'm looking monster for. Monster feature, yeah, there you go. Yeah. But it's not, there's, and then there's not just the one way to write Cyborg. That yeah. was just what we just, you know, got stuck to because it's in syndication on Cartoon Network for 10 years. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, damn, that yeah. really swayed so many opinions when you go back to like old, you know, like gold Cyborg where it's like, dude, that guy had issues, man. And he was yeah. a teenager. Like, figure it out. It also we, didn't help that we didn't get to see Cyborg in Young Justice until season three, and they didn't. That was on DC Universe. I think it's on HBO Max now. But you know, a lot of people didn't get to see that version of Cyborg, which goes the same route as this one. I don't even remember him like, really in that one. Yeah, he was only in season three, and that's when they introduced like the father boxes, and he wasn't that big of a character, but he was pivotal to the story later on. Um, but he goes through that whole thing of uh, the same thing that he goes through um, in Doom Patrol and in here where they really start to um, dive into just how much it sucks to go through this. And it's it's a huge uh, it's a huge milestone for a character, especially for readers to, to read the character and actually enjoy mm-hmm. uh, his origin. And to relate to his origin, you know, I think it's that's what's so fascinating about it. And yeah. so th- it's really important that it, this stays like this and that we really uh, soak this in. Um, um, not that I want to dwell on it, but it's something mm-hmm. that I want to point out. And it is the uh, apparent anger towards the parental figure. Um, know it all too well. Saw it firsthand. <laughs> and uh, it's real. And the remorsefulness of, like, the end term of, of uh, you know, shouldn't have done that, sh- shouldn't have done this, yada, yada, yada. Uh, that's what's even even worse. And it's like a full arc that we see with this cyborg. Um, but 
just want to say on the note of uh, relating to the character, that could be an aspect of, you know, younger audience members relating to, you know, anything. Why was I born? You know, I didn't ask to be born. Usually, I hate you, mom and dad. I hate you, parents. I hate you, guardians, all that stuff. Um, so it's valid. Let me, that's where my point was going. Uh, his anger is 100, completely 100% valid mm-hmm. in this yeah. moment. <laughs> You, you you even get that with um, Arthur Curry in the Aquaman movie. It continues that. I mean, you get it a little bit here where he's hesitant and, and hateful of the Atlanteans. Uh, and then in the Aquaman movie, it, it, it further said it continues that. Um, in the Shazam movie, you kind of get the opposite of it where, you know, uh, Billy wants to believe that his mother has, you know, is, is out there looking for him and all that. And it turns out to be... A not so good situation doesn't make her uh, a terrible person per se, but you know it it does it does lend to that kind of discourse where you get to talk about um, the rights and wrongs of of raising a child or neglecting a child. Um, so yeah, the, and that's that's all these DC movies they've always done that, and I think that's one of the greatest things about them is these parental figures, the mother figures, your Marthas, your Jonathan Kent's, your Jor El's, your uh, you know. Queen Atlanta, all these things, There's and Silas Stone, they're always so impactful, and they create these characters, and then these characters create us when we read them, uh, so it's very, very important, very important storytelling. And they help us um, get through these things, you know, like, what if yeah. What if people needed guidance on whether or not to be like, okay, I'm allowed to be at angry at, at whomever, but uh, work through it, you know, or, or, yeah. or, or let that anger out somewhere else, or talk through it. Find company that you can relate to and connect with. Um, you know, reach out, all that good stuff. Hey, you know what? If anybody's struggling right now, we're here for you. Reach out. We can we can talk to people. We sit exactly. on a computer and, and, and talk about comic books and stuff. You want to talk about comic books and stuff or anything else going on? Yeah. Absolutely. We're here. We talk to each other off mic and help each other through things. Oh, God. My car won't start. It's a whole nother bear. Anyway. <laughs> we'll talk about it later. But... Uh... Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's what we relate to Doom Patrol so much, and uh, and I think that's one of the what you just said right there, Nate, is is so important um, that we do talk through it because otherwise, that's how we get movies like Joker, where it's like that's what happens when you don't make the right choices. That's what happens so. when the decision to make the movie Joker gets green lit. Yeah, that's the starting point. Yeah. You, sh- you should write it and save it in your drafts and say, you know, I did a really cool origin of Joker and everybody else in the comic book store goes, shut up, dude. There's no origin for Joker. We don't need it. You just get it. You understand it. Can I read it? Cool. Awesome. Yeah. And then that's it. You're done. And then he buys a comic book. You know, he buys a little uh, colorful, bright drink that's got the little marble in it that you pop at the top because it's at the counter. And then, you know, you walk off, sit in the food court. There you go. Brought to you by Ramen. <laughs> That's the name uh, of it, Ramen. You know what I did Ramen-A. in my shop? I did a I did the color spectrum on a whole display. And they walked out. They said, "Oh my god, this is incredible." And I said, "Are you like why was that not your first go-to? You said put the Ramen out. You just wanted me to just mash it so like it different colors? Brown from the from <laughs> a distance. What's wrong with you?" I do like that. That actually is kind of neat. Oh, People, man, I could on. really go for one right now. Never had uh, it. Uh, it's uh, it's soda. 
But um, my only note left for this half of the minute where we are with Silas and, and Victor is about Silas's wardrobe. Uh, something we probably haven't talked about uh, too much. Uh, normally when it's about the superhero costumes, we talk about Michael Wilkinson doing a fantastic job with, um, well, we actually were talking about it with Diana for a bit, but it was like, that's another thing is, is civilian clothing. Michael Wilkinson does a great job of, of designing these things to design the characters. Like this is a representation of that character. And this whole thing that Silas Stone has going on looks great. It looks you know awesome. what I'm digging as well. And they're keeping to it is, um, the, the, the 1940s, 1930s noir. Exactly. Cause he's got the trench coat. The, the detective in the, in the previous minute, uh, had the same long trench coat, and I always like looked at. I looked at it and always was like, it seems a little out of place. But it's like, nah, man, we're still stuck in the forties. You know, get the yeah. di- get the dirigibles up on this guy. Gotham, we're still cannot in... get out of the mud. Yeah, we're still stuck in the comic book. Like it's a comic book movie. Like these characters have to look comic booky. Like the, that's the thing that uh, I mean, they do it so well in in Zack Snyder's Watchmen as well, and. Um, you know, when we get to Gotham in this uh, movie, we'll see Commissioner Gordon uh, in fantastic costuming. But this blue shirt, the black tie, and the, and the and then there's a vest over it too. You know, and then you've got like this brown coat. That's a nice coat, man. It's a nice coat. Batman Begins, two thousand five. Mm-hmm. Uh, man, so good. Um, there, there are some questions I have for the closet cyborg, you know, he's looking at the mother box. Obviously we know that this is the mother box. It's just kind of like exposition of where that third mother box is. Um, why it's here in a closet full of his stuff. Like where's his actual room? Does he have a room? Question mark. These are things that I'll have to look into and come back on, but all his stuff is just here. Like in this closet, like I don't think this is a room. I think it's just a a, a walk-in closet with all his stuff in it. Yeah, it's so just d- the closet. It's just the the coat closet, the junk closet. But all his stuff is in here. So is he just maybe not there was a, a room? I, he- there's probably a thing where it's like, um, well they faked his death. He's got a he's got a grave. He's got a headstone. So like I think the world thinks he's dead, and obviously the janitor was saying sorry to hear about your son like it's a condolences thing they think his son's dead he's keeping him up in here he's trapped he they have that discussion later on where it's like you're not stuck up in here it's like yeah but he he really is like you threw all of his things in the closet he's supposed to be dead he can go to the gravestone like like it almost makes me think of how robot man is in doom patrol where it's like he just stands there he cannot sleep i don't know if cyborg does sleep does he have a room? Does he have a bed? Does he just stare out the window and, you know, surf the internet for hours, for days? Been there, buddy. Yeah, and just and just wallow in that depression. There's no way out, you know? Like, that's the thing I worry about because all his stuff is just here in this closet. It's not being put away. It's not, he's not in a room like they show in the other version of the movie. Um, I don't even know if he has a room in this version of the movie. So, it's just... It's really sad stuff to think about. Um, we're going to cut over back to the Isle of Creedy. This is where the uh, Hall of the Amazons is, the Shrine of the Amazons. This is where the Artemis Arrow had landed. And so Diana is now here 
to fetch that arrow, see what is going on with this message that she's received from the Amazons. Um, it's kind of like this amazing, like not really on location shot. Like this reminds me a lot of, uh, well, it, first it reminds me a lot of what Zack Snyder popularized with comic book movies, which is making things look very comic booky, uh, doing things with green screen sets in studios, not shooting at location. Uh, we don't have to go to Greece to shoot 300. We can shoot it all in a studio and it's a comic book movie. So it doesn't have to look like it's on location. This is what, uh, Zack Snyder, uh, put his put his stamp on what he popularized and so this is why you kind of get like this thing that looks like it's on a set um and it just has that vibe you also get that in army of the dead which was completely shot by zach and so you get these moments that look like this um you can see here there are two police guards uh hanging out by this uh rickety <laughs> fence here it's like Not stage much fencing to- yeah, for like a concert or something. It's really, it's minimum security at best. Um, and there's some Greek lettering Hey man, that's on what there. they had at the Capitol, dude. That's what they're using. Yeah, and that that really worked out for everyone, huh? I don't know what to tell you. Yeah. Uh, the Greek lettering, I did some translating on it just because I feel like I'd rather take the time to translate it. And if it's not anything, then it's whatever. But if it is something, then we get to talk about it. So... I did translate it. Obvious, obviously, it is you know Greek alphabet, uh, Hellenistic writing, um, which just says Greek police. So nothing special there, but I thought it'd be best just to try it. Um, and then that was the other thing I kind of remembered is um, Hellas or Hellenistic. Uh, that is usually how the Greek referred to their culture and things. I know we usually say things are Greek or even Grecian at times. A Grecian. Uh, but yeah. But I think maybe more properly it is is best to say things are hellenistic in in design or something like that because that's how they refer to themselves and apparently like we only started calling things greek or greece and stuff like that because that's what the romans started calling them uh the greek seems like a pretty broad generalization too yeah multiple periods Uh, of of architecture and, and whatnot exactly and the greek never called themselves greek or or Greece or any of that uh, that was done by the Roman Empire. Um, the Greeks always just refer to themselves as Hellens and the the you know the nation of he- uh, Hellas and stuff like that. So that's something I had to like remind myself when I was doing this translation. I was like, well, why does it say um, Hellenic police on it? And I was like, oh yeah, because that's what they call themselves. They, they don't call themselves Greek unless I mean um, unless like that's. Pre- there, those police are specifically there for the um, mon- monuments, uh, whatever they're called. No, because if you look up just, you know, Greek military police and you see their jackets, like this does translate, like it'll translate to Greek police uh, in English. But the way that it's phonetically spelled is it'll say Hellenic and then I cannot pronounce the the greek word for police but yeah uh yeah so i was like hellenic that sounds very familiar anyways that's just me getting into the culture of everything and trying to learn the language of all that um but yeah diana has no problem getting this this damn arrow she just uh, walks up it's just the two security guards no problem there she's Uh, wonder woman yeah but what a great shot that of her looking at that arrow Mm mm-hmm 
and those. I heels mean, that's from the that we got outfit. it from the trailer. We that that shot is is iconic. That arrow is amazing, and it has all that Greek writing on it too. That we'll have I'll probably have to look into. That's something I got to look into um, in the next minute that that we go over um, when we get to see it a little bit more clearly. Um, but man, that that arrow is so beautiful. And it was stuff like that that I started to notice in Zack Snyder's Army of the Dead, which was like, there's so much going on here, like little Easter eggs and things. And, you know, on a micro level, all these details. Um, And then even before when, you know, before we even knew the Snyder Cut would ever see the light of day, when they would show things like the Courtland and stuff like that and, and Dark Side and Greek lettering and all those things, it was like, wow, there's so much going on here. So we have to we have to look into these small details. Um, but I don't want to spend too much time on this one. We'll, we'll take more time tomorrow since we're going to be getting more into the Wonder Woman content. So, Nate, unless you've got anything else, I'm going to go ahead and wrap up for today. If you guys enjoyed everything you heard, you can find us on all social media at DCEU Minute and the Facebook group, the DC Cinematic Minute Listener Society. We can join us to talk about today's minute or any minutes you guys are catching up on. And we'll catch you guys tomorrow for minute number 49 of Zack Snyder's Justice League.